KYRS Medical Lake Spokane 88.1 and 92.3 FM, and this is Outspoken. Welcome to Outspoken. You know what's so funny is listening to that uh, intro of ours. I just noticed that we have such a good bass line in there. It's just like right? a little little bass that is playing in the background. Totally, so like, we did that. I want to turn that up in my car and um, <laughs> right and rock out with that bass line Jam, for thirteen seconds. Jammed outspoken. Mm. I know that's what happens here. Jonathan, how anyways, are you? welcome. Hey, doing great. Aren't you? It is. It is a beautiful. You know, I kind of like this cooler weather. Yeah, I do too. I do too. I like the. This whole week has been kind of uh, cooler and rainy. As someone who still doesn't have an AC in his apartment, <gasps> that's great. Yeah, that is really good because really you're way great. up on oh, the third yeah. floor, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it gets mm, hot. No. It gets hot. Nope, I could not live. My dog would, like, disown me. <laughs> yeah, I didn't you do have, have an AC, though, right? I do. Oh, that's if awesome. If I didn't have that, he'd be like, Dad, I love you, but I'm out. Yeah, I'm out of here. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> I'm moving out. Anyways, welcome to another week. Um, thank you for joining us. I know last week was an intense show. Mm-hmm. That was some intense conversation uh, that, unfortunately... We get to continue to talk about because uh, with recent developments, uh, the five cops who lost their lives in Dallas, the two African-American men who lost their lives in Louisiana and Minnesota, um, it it isn't stopping. It and so that on. conversation needs to continue. But I, I know that was an intense show and I love those. Um, so hopefully you enjoyed it out there. Um, but now we're back. For an, another week, and we're going to start lighter because we're going to start on check. We're just checking in. We're just going to check in. And speaking of lighter, Jonathan, you are. I am lighter. I'm twenty one pounds lighter. Aww. I know. Aren't we excited? Let's high, high five. five. That's good. Yeah, very excited. Still heading Yay. on down that scale. I texted you, you this week because I had a freak yeah. out. You did. Was, you did. You there did. was a two pound increase, and I hadn't changed anything, and so I yeah. was I was not happy, and I was freaking mm-hmm. out. And you're you calmed me down. Yeah, well, yeah. You're that like, that a, can happen. That can happen. Just water weight. Right. You're fine. And this morning, we're back. You're back. Those those yeah. two pounds just disappeared. Like again. I said, they'll go come and go overnight. One time, I, I just drank so much water one day that I was five pounds over the next day. Wow. And it'll just drop right back down. See? It's, yeah. It's nothing that's... It. Not, don't worry about it. I will tell you, none of, my, none of my clothes fit. None of them. That's amazing. It's so bad that when I'm at work and I'm in our copy room and I'm doing some copies and I have to really tighten my belt. Let's just be honest. (laughs) And my friend comes over and she lifts my shirt and she's like, what is going on? What is happening? (laughs) Your pants pants are going to fall off at any minute. I'm like, first of all, I'm glad we're close, but step off. Yeah. Um, (laughs) But yeah, so I did something else. We all know I'm, I'm... I'm not the best at fashion. Yeah, you're all right. Because I've been a big guy all my life. So Mm -hmm. fashion isn't always an option for a big guy unless you have a lot of money. But you are a fashion plate. Mm -hmm. But I found found a company who will send me a full outfit every month for less than I spend on an outfit (laughs) when I go out. Typically, I spend, you know, up to... 120, 150 bucks. Yeah. Uh, because I get the whole shebang if I'm and I only do it once a month if I do it. Right. This is half that. I pay them. They make all these beautiful clothes and they send them to me. Mm-hmm. I had to take a style test and Ooh. everything, right? So my first okay. comes tomorrow. Oh, I'm excited. I'm excited and hoping. Now, m- so you're losing weight yes. and you're going to keep losing weight. So the and stuff that that's going to fit today isn't going to fit next gonna time. Isn't going to fit next time. What are so your, here's what's my your thing. So I used to... I used to own a t-shirt company for yeah. big guys. One of the questions we got all the time is, we also promoted being healthy, yeah. 
But our whole purpose was saying, but we in our society, we always put off reward to ourselves until later. Right. Like, oh, I'll wait till I lose the weight before oh, yeah, I absolutely. before I look good now. No, look good where you're at. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. I told and I can change the fact is I can get new clothes now mm-hmm. and I need to because my clothes don't fit anymore. Yeah. And I'm gonna have to change them later anyway. So I might as well just go ahead and get them. So I have feel new clothes good. Throughout. Yeah. Good, I feel I like good it. because otherwise yeah. You're going to, what, you're just going to wear trash bags until I yeah. lose all my weight? Because I don't plan on not losing weight sure. anymore. So, yeah, so I've already committed to that. I can change all my sizes as I go. Right. You know, I already have, like, basically the end of the men's waistline that they let me have. So I think there's one more down, but I don't think I'll get there. Because right now I'm 31, which wow. my body is not proportional, to be honest. It does not equally go. Yeah. So I got a bigger upper body and a tiny little... <laughs> Oh my body. Gosh. But yeah, so 31, so which is yeah. great. And I always have short legs, so my inseam's never going to fit. But I'm excited to see what mm-hmm. they send. And so they have they give you this. So you take the style quiz yeah. and I ask to to be mix it a little bit. So Ooh, every once in a while they're yeah. going to send me things outside of what I say my style is and they say, "So we're going to help you expand your Good. right?" And they say, "But you have to trust us." Yeah. Well, so at least try right. them on, wear them once before mm-hmm. you're like, "No way." Yeah. And I'm like, "Okay, but I already have trust issues." Yes. So I'm <laughs> I tell everybody at work, if I show up one day and I'm wearing clown shoes because they told me that's the next in thing. You need to help me out. Yeah. Be like, they are, they're lying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they want me to trust them. Oh, and God. I don't know if they're going to pull a fast one. But oh, in, in either case, really excited about I'm that. I'm excited for you. Somehow my knee died in the losing weight process. Yeah. And I can't hardly walk. Yeah. But this happened to me when I lost weight last time, where my mm-hmm. back. Just gave out. It's three in the morning. I'm calling my doctor. I'm in excruciating pain. And my doctor's like, well, you just lost like 60 pounds. And your body's like, what? Yeah. Because it didn't know how to do it. I'm convinced this is part of this. I've lost yeah. 21 pounds. And my body's like, I don't know this how to time deal. it's going to be your knee. Because mm-hmm. I just can't. Yeah. Which is so weird. You don't think about it. But that's exactly what happens. Your body yeah. doesn't know how to deal with. Because it's been supporting yeah. a specific so, weight yeah. for a specific amount of time. And All now you're sudden, asking yeah. it. To change really quick. Really quick, yeah. <laughs> and your it's a good change, like, but mm-hmm. it is, yeah. Right? It is quick. Anyways, you, sir, what have you been up to? I uh, am moving. So, st- well, I, me and Cole have moved in I don't know, two weeks ago. And right. so we're still in the process of that. That's been a good time. Um, it's been weird because... Uh, you know, when you do the whole unpacking thing and everything's messy and you have to find yes, places. Yes, I hate that. Yeah, that's kind of where it's at. We're down to the last few boxes. But I, the kind of person that I am is I want everything perfect right away. Yeah, you want it in its place. I want it in its place. Yeah, yeah. I want everything in the right place. Yep. But we still have to use a lot of not perfect furniture and stuff like right, that. And, right, um, So uh, I, I want to go out and spend $20,000 in brand new furniture everywhere. <laughs> right, you know, right, you know exactly. me. I, I want I, I want to do that, but um, that's obviously not going to happen. So it's it's been interesting because I had to learn how to organize without having all of the tools that I like. Right. Which is fun and weird and different and not organized. Right. And so you're adjusting you to having not just you've had roommates before, but your oh, roommate yeah. is your significant other. And yes. that's an adjustment. Oh, I yes, mean, it's it a is. beautiful adjustment. Yeah. But let's be honest, it's still an adjustment. It is an adjustment. So that's yeah, that's always a work in progress. Yeah. And it always will be, yeah. um, which is good. It's a good work. Um, but yeah, I'm excited. That's so it's cool. Fun. I'm just amazed because you tell me this morning I have like two more boxes to unpack. Yeah. 
And Just I two. have been in my apartment for two and a half years, and I still have like seven boxes that are in my my bedroom. Oh my god! That just stack against the wall because it's not going to happen. Yeah, that's yeah. I can't. I could not deal with that. No, that yeah, just gives me yeah. so much anxiety. Right? Oof. Exactly. Oof. No. Yeah. No. But that's what's been happening with me. Um. Oh, well, let's let's, let's say mm-hmm. really quick before because we want Houston to check in because he's been working. Because last uh, a work, couple work, weeks ago, work, I think work, Houston work. announced that he was. Mm-hmm. Uh, starting a new job. Before mm-hmm. we do that, you and I need to admit that we suck as human beings. We do. Um, <laughs> so Kurt had an art show. He uh, did. It opened Friday. Yes. Kurt's big opening. And we had it on our calendars. <laughs> uh, we had talked about Both it. Both of us had it on our, we knew. our calendars. We yeah. knew about it. Yeah. Um, and we had forgotten to go. People from Missoula uh, drove in. People from Wenatchee drove yeah, in. Yeah, friends like, of ours from Wenatchee drove in. No one bothered to be like, hey, am I going to see you guys there? No. Yeah, so there we no just sucked. We forgot. And, yeah. of course, Carter did not remind us. Right. We do understand not it's not his fault. It's not his fault for reminding we us. We take our responsibility. That's true. That's just an addition <laughs> to what happened as well because right. we are bad human well, beings. Well, I'm we mad at our friend from Wenatchee. I'm <laughs> like, what, you couldn't say hey? Yeah. I'm going to be like, hey, I'm in town. And be like, well, why are you in town? And yeah, you, we right. couldn't do that? No. Oh, my God. But here's so. the thing Kurt is, his art is on display for a month mm-hmm. at. We MV? don't even know. We don't even know the winery. <laughs> Look at that. It's MV Winery. It's on. I think it's third in, in uh, Washington, and Brown. And Brown. There third you and go. Brown. I knew so, that. So go make up for us being sucky oh friends. You all go see Kurt and his. We saw pictures of it today. Kurt let us. Kurt allowed us to see pictures yes, of the show. It looks really cool. There's painting is in there. I didn't even know he did. I know. We were yeah. like, wait, that's you. I've yeah, see, I've seen that in art galleries all around the world. That's right? you. Uh, that's you. What's happening? <laughs> Anyways, that's really cool. So please go uh, say he's. Yes. I like we said he's going to be shown there. All month long through the month of July. So cool. check it out. Buy some art. It's totally worth it. Mm-hmm. Then we got this this intern over here. This Houston fellow. Tilly. Houston <laughs> this Tilly. Intern. This intern. You were excited. You announced two big things. You're not going back to school. Correct. And you're working, uh, going to be in management up at a pizza place up in Spokane. And you started. Yes. I started uh, Thursday. Ooh, fun. Right. And How you, was that? you said... It's good. It was very intimidating. Oh yeah, because I don't know. Always starting a new job. Yeah, it's you're f- entering a place that everyone is comfortable working right? with each yes. other. Oh, I hate that. Yeah. And yes. you're the new person. Uh huh. And you have to learn and meet yep. and greet. Yeah, and totally. And all you want to do is know what you're doing. Yeah, right. And, and pizza is such a fast paced thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm very slow. Yeah. Yeah. So it was it was kind of hard, but I think I'm adjusting. Yeah. I, what I've heard is. Um, all the managers are saying, like, wow, you taught him that, and he caught, you know, he, oh, he knows how to do that this quickly in nice. three days. Yeah. That's good. So I guess I'm doing okay. Good. Hey. Is it, so is it, do you work the same shifts? Because it's your best friend who is the manager. manager. Yep. Do you work same shifts as him? or As of now, do, yeah. Yeah. I, how is, how is that? You? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's good. Is it, does it's, it work? I didn't think it was going to be weird, and luckily it's not. Yeah. Um, But... It's uh, it's a little different because I'm used to when you're hanging out, you joke around so much. Yeah. Oh, and you yeah. have these just little things, and there, you don't really do that. Partially because everyone's focusing on making the pizza and stuff. Yeah. Right. But when there's the downtime, it, it gets a little bit looser, and yeah. it's back to kind of rowdy. Yeah, yeah. It's back to us just 
being just chilling, just joshing, just joshing around. That's but yeah, awesome. it's fun. But Houston, now this is going to be a little bit appropriate because uh, we have in the next few minutes we have Dr. Damon, our our sex doctor, on. But he, we're going to be talking about a. a Different things this morning than our usual with Dr. Damon, but you need advice on something. Kind of, yeah. I don't know if he could answer it, though. Well, we're going to start with it. What's the What's the thing? Okay, so my best friend, who yeah. manages that Domino's, Ooh. is getting married. Ooh. Oh. Which I knew this was going to be coming yeah. sometime in the year. I just didn't know when. Okay. And I'm going to be best man. Nice. Oh, Houston. I don't know what to do. What do you I, mean, what do you wait, do? What do you, like, what? doesn't the best man set up... Yeah, like you plan the, the bachelor party. party. Yeah, and of course. Yeah. yeah, totally. I'm treading ground I've never been on before. No, no. Oh, okay, first gosh. of all, don't overthink it. Second yeah. of all, you don't have to stick with, uh, you know, the... Because the, the, the whole yeah. point of the best man in, and you're the best friend mm-hmm. is that you know him and what he would enjoy. So that's yeah. what you're planning. Plan something he would enjoy because it's all about him. Yeah. Right. Make it all about him. Yeah, don't, so you party. don't have to do... Right, right? <laughs> exactly. There you go. You totally. don't have to do the stereotypical stuff you do it's supposed to be they're having a really good time yeah mm-hmm. it's the so, like last night that you yeah. can hang out with him as him yeah. single and yeah. not him married. so it's not about what right. all the totally. other guys that are going are yeah. gonna like it's all about what forget he's gonna like him. and you as the best forget friend's it. gonna know that better than mm-hmm. anyone yeah okay so also don't forget the the speech that you do the speech yeah. it has to be perfect and stellar and not one mistake <laughs> yeah so, lots of pressure on that one though <laughs> i'm gonna work on the speech for sure Good. Yeah. I feel like and I, if you mess that up the rest is over yeah you can't yeah. be part of the wedding the or his friend anymore yeah, right yeah. right yeah but i don't I've, think I've you should it. overthink it that's my yeah, advice true. it's just coming up quick because it's in october Oh, oh my wow. gosh! Yeah. Yikes! They have they no are time. Not waiting. Oh my gosh! They are okay. Not do wait. they have a venue? Right. Yeah. Okay. Good. Wow. Yes. Why would you do it in less than six months? That's kind of what I was. I thinking. I mean, first of all, a year yeah. is is good because it takes a lot. But okay, it takes a lot. I get it. You're it excited extra. to get married. That's so awesome. I don't know. So huh? that's why I'm a little under pressure right now. Is under yeah. pressure. Under well, pressure. I think the biggest thing okay. is you don't overthink anything and you don't yeah, let totally. yourself feel under that pressure. You just let it be. Let it yeah, be relaxed and go. Do your yeah. stuff. But in the end, weddings are always stressful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah, true. It just is, you know. I'm excited that he asked me to do that, though. That is very mm-hmm. cool. Yay. I know. It's your first time being a best man, right? Yep. Yay. I was ring bearer oh, once, but that was it. Yeah. <laughs> I know how that goes. I, <laughs> I'd serve my duty twice. Three years old. <laughs> That's yeah. what you do. That's what you do. Exactly. You, do. you try okay. not to cry. Um, <laughs> uh, we're going to take a quick song break, and then we'll come back with uh, Damon. Uh, this is going to be Home is Such a Lovely Place by Blink182. You are back with KYRS Medical Lake Spokane, 88.1 and 92.3 FM, and this is Outspoken. Yes, and now it's our favorite time of the month. Yes. That always sounds weird. Uh, with our very own uh, relationship and sex therapist, Damon L. Jacobs. Damon, are you there? Boys! Hey! Boys, can oh, you hear me? We yes. can. Can you hear us? I can hear Ooh. you. Oh, Welcome back. We love that. Hey, you know what? Uh, we were telling everybody, and I know you know there, we're kind of changing it up this time with you on the show because so much uh, has been happening uh, since we spoke to you last. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, for the LGBT community, uh, the devastation of what happened in Orlando at the Pulse nightclub. And then, of course, since then, we have the five cops who are dead out of Dallas and then the two young African-American men in Louisiana and Minnesota. There seems to be so much tragedy affecting 
so many of us in our human community. And we thought, uh, you know, we have a therapist that comes on all the time. So many of us are having a hard time knowing how to cope, make things feel okay, and to not be afraid to step outside our door. I think that's what we want to talk about with you, sir. I'm sure you've dealt with this a lot over there. Yeah, so I thank you so much, guys. And, and by the way, Jonathan, I also want to congratulate you on your on your last that you were sharing earlier. Oh, um, thank you. You know, that's a, that's a personal gain. And I think these personal gains are really important, especially mm-hmm. in times like these, because there is something different happening and yeah. something different from what we have seen in our lifetimes before. Mm-hmm. There does seem to be, whether it's, it's happening more or whether technology is allowing us to be more aware of it, there's right. some back and forth on that, but there definitely seems to be a higher level of public um, yeah. massacres and violence that we mm-hmm. are not accustomed to witnessing on such a consistent basis. It feels like since I last spoke to you boys five weeks ago that, yeah. that there was, there yeah. has been such a, a significant change. I spoke with you last right before, uh, yes. the week before the Orlando shooting. Yes. Yeah. And in that time, we have seen um, through Facebook, through social media, through 24-7 news sources, we have seen the world change quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And like so many of of all of you and so many of the people listening, I have also been in this kind of hazy, chronic state of shock and confusion and, and kind of horrified disbelief by, by what we're saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But here's one thing I know. There's a lot I don't know. I think right. like everybody else, I'm still figuring out what to do with mm-hmm. all this. But here's mm-hmm. what I know. Terrorism is intended to keep us in a perpetual state of fear mm-hmm. and uncertainty. By very definition, that's what terrorism is about, is yep. making sure that we are afraid and uncertain and trepidatious in our day-to-day lives. Right. And I personally absolutely refuse to be a victim of terrorist tactics. Right. Now, I don't know what safety means right now. I don't know what being, quote, safe in a public sphere means, mm-hmm. because these areas that we have felt were safe in the past, or that at least some of us perceived as relatively safe, have mm-hmm. been jeopardized. Yeah. Um, gay nightclubs, mm-hmm. uh, public protests, uh, and, and even before that, the concert in France, um, yeah. mostly day-to-day activities yeah. that we frequently engage in, where there has been uh, tremendous violence. I don't know exactly what safety means right now, but I know, and I do have the resolve of knowing, that if something does happen to me directly, or if I'm around violence, I am going to go down in this world filled with gratitude, with love, and hopefully with laughter. And since I have no way of knowing if or when violence will happen to me or around me, I am just me every single day the determination and intention to fill every single day with as much gratitude and love and laughter as possible. Because that's really all we can do right. when we can't really do much of anything else. Right. And for yeah. me, that's a decision of serenity. It's also kind of an act of defiance. Yeah, yeah, because yeah sure. what I say is, like, in this increasingly unhinged world, any stranger can remove the quantity mm-hmm. of my life. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I swear to share... They will never yes. take away the quality of my life. That's exactly. up to me. 
And that is what I think every single one of us has a decision to make. Yeah. Are we going to allow this caliber of violence and terrorism? And when I'm speaking terrorism, I'm speaking very loosely with a lowercase t. Right. Because yeah. it's taking all different forms yes. right now. Right. Are we going to allow this to determine our everyday experience? Or can we practice an act of resistance and defiance and make sure mm-hmm. that every day is filled with gratitude yeah. and intention for compassion and love for the people in our lives? And every day, every minute of our relationships are treated as sacred. Yes, uh, I think that's so important for us to keep that in our in our minds. You know, Damon, I'm interested. You work with a lot of people as as a therapist. You work with couples and individuals. Um, what has people's responses been to uh, what's been happening over the last month? And what has you know how they how have they dealt with it that has been intriguing or interesting to you um, that maybe you know you took note of? Well, fear and, and yeah. shock. Right. I mean, it, just shock because. It's different from what we're used to. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it, it's this the chronic state of it is is different. And so I have some clients that are increasingly afraid to leave the house. Sure, I have oh, some yeah. clients that are just numb, feeling yeah. just like numb, and then feeling kind of bad because they feel numb. Right, you know, kind of feeling like, oh my god, is there something wrong with me? Everybody's weeping about Orlando, and I feel right. nothing. Does yeah, that right. mean that there's something wrong with me? Right. And I reassure them, no, there's nothing wrong with you. There are no shoulds in life, and there's right. no way to feel in the aftermath of so much tragedy and, right. and blatant violence. Yeah. There's no right or wrong. So just allow your feelings to be there or allow them not to be there. Right. And with some of the couples I'm working with, especially couples where one or both are a person of color, feeling considerably now under threat of being killed in the United States, because that is feeling more real now than ever before, more palpable than ever before. It is coming back to recognizing that this life, this relationship is sacred, because we simply don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. And we want to make sure that our last words to each other aren't filled with hate or anger or resentment. Right. And so in some ways, with relationships, this is putting a framework on it that's helping some people realize that they need to have some perspective on the small stuff. Yes, the small stuff is there, mm-hmm. and people you know, get upset about the small stuff, but we want to always keep that in perspective. And I think these big, big, big events really help us keep the small stuff in mm-hmm. perspective. Right. Don't go to sleep angry. Right. Don't let the last words be, I'm mad at you. You messed right. up. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. Don't let those be the last words of the well, day. And you make, and one of the points, you know, obviously, you know, we, we, we speak of the word fear a lot. I think that's a, a lot of us are feeling that fear. But you also uh, spoke of this, <clears throat> this shame. And I think, you know, I wear this, <clears throat> excuse me, I wear this uh, rainbow bracelet. And I do. I haven't taken it off since that day. And I do it because I felt myself. I felt the fear. I felt that fear creep beneath my skin. And I thought, for me to combat that fear, I'm going to wear it on my wrist and walk down the street, and and just be who I am and and wear my my pride, you know, right on my sleeve because I need to confront that fear for me on a daily basis. But one of the things I think that we need to allow ourselves is. There's no shame in the fear. It is a natural reaction to what has happened around us. That There's no shame in that. We don't need to degrade ourselves because why am I so afraid? Um, and I think that a lot of us 
have an internalized shame over being afraid at all. You know what I mean? Because we know we have fought so hard. You know, I came out 20 years ago. That was one of the most difficult experiences of my life. And I just remember thinking, I am not going to let the fear win now 20 years later after I have made it so far. But for me, it's a daily exercise in in defying that fear. But I think so many of us need to start from there is no shame in being afraid, that that makes sense. It's Then we get to choose how we react to that fear, but we should not put ourselves down for feeling it. And uh, Yes, yes. And for me, shame is a direct result of the word should. You can't have mm-hmm. shame. You can't feel shame unless there's a should. Yeah, so when right. people feel ashamed, I try to look to see, okay, well, what's the should? Right. Is there a should that I should not be afraid? Right. And if you believe that you should not be afraid, uh, then you are probably going to feel ashamed because you do feel afraid. And, mm-hmm. you know, fear of the unknown is such a natural yeah. experience, but especially now, mm-hmm. because there's oh, a lot yeah. going on. We don't know. Yeah. And it's not, you know, it's, it's unpredictable. It's not like, oh, it's Tuesday. Let's expect a tragedy. No, it's happening yeah all times of the day, all times of the night. We never know when it's going to happen. No. We never know when we're going to turn on the news and, and see something extremely violent and tragic mm-hmm. happening. And, and it makes sense that we would be, especially now, yeah. in a state of fear. Yeah. Yeah. But I also want to give support to people who are not feeling it and just feeling kind of like numb right Right. now, Mm -hmm. who are sort of feeling a little hazy and a little just disassociated from all this and say to them as well, that's okay. Mm -hmm. That is also a natural reaction to shock and trauma. Please do not give yourself a hard time or a should Mm -hmm. or be ashamed if your reaction right now is, I am not here, (laughs) you know, or I'm just going to focus on my mm-hmm. husband or my right. work or my right. family. I just need to be tunnel vision right now to get through this. Right. That's fine, too. Yeah. And I think one of the things that you're, you talk about how we don't know every day, that's part of, for those that do react with fear, a part of that is I, I remember this conversation happening more and more after Orlando, that conversation of this realization or this awakening to, we couldn't tie it specifically to Orlando because it wasn't about the city. It was about this. And so, you know, this man who had an agenda. And I think that started people going, oh my gosh, that means it could have just as easily have happened, you Mm -hmm. know, in the place where I live. And I think because we couldn't specifically tie it down to a reason that we, and we had to admit that it was based on just existing as as people, I think that's where the fear started seeping seeping inside my uh thought process or my my wonder is on you know those new couples or you know they're especially when you're new you're just learning how you express to each other your affection and your love um how what do we say to couples who now feel a little stilted because now they might get they might check themselves maybe a little more than they used to in public to share those things what kind of advice would we give to those couples who still want to grow as a couple, but now they're finding this battle against, can I be as open as I want to be? Can I express my affection to my loved one? I'd say to, especially, I'd say in all times, but especially now, please be patient with one another. Mm-hmm. 
one of you might feel totally fine holding hands walking down the street, and the right. other may not. Mm-hmm. And there may be no rational reason why not. But just their intuition right now is telling them no. Right. And I think that is one of the tragedies that has come out of this, is that the, in certain spaces, the, most, the sense of safety we've had is being taken away or diminished. But, mm-hmm. again, like we said earlier, there is no such thing as a wrong feeling. Mm-hmm. And if you're with somebody who, for any reason, is feeling unsafe and doesn't want to hold your hand or kiss you in public, I really encourage people to respect that. Right. Just let that be for now. Mm-hmm. And and if, if that's a concern you have, please, you know, just be aware of how you're treating each other in private. Right. You know, it, 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 how are you being? How compassionate and loving and, and affectionate are you being with each other in, in private? But it makes sense that some of the public safety that we have gained over the last 20 years is feeling very tenuous mm-hmm. and uncertain sure. right now. Um, so be good to each other. That's, that's, that's really natural yeah. after an event yeah. like this or several events like these. Right. And especially in such a rough time um, everywhere with, with the uncertainty going on. Now, Damon, do you think this could be a, a, almost like a wake-up call for a lot of people? These situations happening across the country, do you think that's a reason for us uh, to get together, get become a stronger community and start to reunite almost like we haven't before? You know what I struggle with in this, in, mm-hmm. in that question, is that it's not us who need the waking up. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really the hard part, because I think people listening to this, and most people who are awake right now are pretty aware that there's a problem and want sure. to do something to change it and are willing to do something to change it. But when it comes to certain institutional le- acceptable, levels of acceptable violence, and when it comes to certain facets of the international terrorism, we don't really get a vote here. Right. We don't really sure. get a say. So I think a lot of us were already awake. And maybe mm-hmm. for some folks, this is a wake-up call. But the problem with what we're facing right now is that unlike, the, the, unlike so many of the um, situations we have dealt with before, unlike with marriage equality or, or right. serving in the military, this isn't really a matter of us you know, rallying and politicizing. Because we are rallying. We are right. politicizing. Right. Right. And we don't have a lot of control or seems any control right. over some of these gestures and acts of violence. Uh, now, that being said, I'm trying to learn how what I can do um, and, and how or if there's anything I can do as an educator, as an activist who wants to be active. Right. Is there anything I can do to promote more gun control? You know, I live in a pretty liberal area. I'm in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. So, you know, oh, my yeah. elected politicians, their values about gun control really reflect mine. So, right. you know, we're kind of cool there, but I, there are still things that people can do in order to encourage certain members of Senate who refuse to admit that there is a problem right. to say, you know, we've got a problem here. Please don't make this so easy for people to kill other people. Right. Right now, it's just too easy. Yes. And this, these crimes would not all be avoided if we had better gun control laws, mm-hmm. but some of them would be. Right. And so that is one of the ways I think we can be active. But, you know, I think why we're all a little frizzed out by this is because 
some of these things, even with better gun control laws, are out of our control. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that is kind of the reality of what we have to live with. Right. You know, if you think about it, every day we cope with the unknown. You know, we get out of bed, we drive a car or ride on the subway, and we're always dealing somewhat with the unknown in terms of our physical safety. But we mitigate it every day, and we're generally used to saying, okay, if I do this and this and this, I'll, I'm most likely to get to where I'm going in one piece. Right. Because that's called a locus of control. And we need a locus of control to feel safe in this right. world, or at least safe enough function. Exactly. What these tragic events do, and especially Orlando and Dallas, is really rob us or, or diminish our locus of control. If I do A, B, and C, I will get to my destination in one piece. Well, in some situations now, that's not the case. Right. Sure. And I went to... Um, Oh, I was going to tell you guys, because yeah. I did get to see Dolly Parton. I know, video, I'm dying. <laughs> which was wonderful. But uh. you know, there was a very palpable feeling of hyper-awareness. Right, yeah. We were in an outdoor studio in Queens. Beautiful mm-hmm. day, beautiful concert. Dolly is, you know, uh. 70 years old, and what? she's better than she's ever been in her entire life. Uh. So if anybody could see her, I recommend it. But, you know, there was this feeling like, oh my goodness, if something happens, I'm, I'm, yeah. I don't think I could escape. Yeah, and right. there was a moment when um, one part of the stadium were sort of pounding, the, um, they were sort of kicking and pounding their chairs because uh-huh. they were just trying to like, you know, she was like referring to them. So they were just trying to do sort of a call and response. Right. But the way they were pounding their seats and their chairs, it, it really startled me. I was yeah. like, okay, you know, is that what's happening or, or is something else happening? And that's not what I used to have to deal with right, at right. a Dolly Parton concert. Sure. Yeah. Right. So that locus of control is something that has shifted for all of us. Exactly. And I think, you know, you mentioned earlier uh, uh, activists, you know, Sergey and I obviously in that after everything happened, we were contacted. And then of course, after the recent shootings, the NAACP and, and uh, our local, um, Democratic chair contacting us and wanting to know where our stance is. And I think the most unnerving thing inside of me was they wanted answers and I want to offer them because we always stand loud and proud. And I didn't know the answer. And that, as an activist, talk about a locust of control. I didn't feel it. And it was mortifying to be to have to sit there and go, well, I I don't have an answer for you. I can tell you that right now what's happening in our society doesn't work, but I can't give you what I think. You know, they, as an activist, people reach out to you for how will you react and what is your answer. And I think that was the most mortifying moment of nothing makes sense right now. And I am a human being. And in this moment, the human part of me is still reeling. And I don't know how to, I don't know how to talk to you. I don't know how to yeah. give you what you need. And I think for people who that's how we react to tragedy is we go into action mode. I think, you know, for, for that, that makes it harder than ever. It's so true. And again, that is what historically, or at least in the last 40 years, the gay movement has been so strong mm-hmm. at, yeah. is figuring out what the problem is and taking action. And we definitely saw that with the AIDS epidemic. Oh, yeah. But you got to remember, before the days of ACTA, before we had activism, mm-hmm. the people that were at front and center of the AIDS crisis were dealing with a, a slight, uh, different but similar dynamic mm-hmm. of what's happening. Yeah, People around me are getting sick. People yeah. around me 
are dying and nobody understands what's happening or how long this is going to last or how it's even happening and I might be the next one. Yeah. And that is a sense of terror that a lot of long-term survivors Mm -hmm. are still coping with today. Oh, yeah. Um, And it really reminds us that there, before we got to the activism part of HIV and AIDS, there was this whole of, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. But Mm -hmm. we did see through that confusion and through that trauma that we did eventually rally and we did eventually figure out what to do to go forward. Sure. I believe that that we will see this now. Um, I believe that uh, the Human Rights Commission is going to be much more involved and active in gun control Mm -hmm. and political rallying, and I think we can all support them in that goal. Exactly. But like I said earlier, when it really comes to knowing, like, what to do, like, what do you say, what do you do, what can you tell, because we don't have any clear solutions or answers right now, I always come back to... Okay, today, what can I do? Right. Maybe nothing, but maybe something. Right. Charles Mm -hmm. Blow is a wonderful writer, and he has a lot of essays, and I really recommend people read him. Um, Mm -hmm. And he has an essay in the New York Times that was just published yesterday. Um, And he's also just writing. He's an African-American male and just writing about this, this, you know, trauma that we're seeing, especially this week, that we've never seen before. Um, and he's saying, you know, we need to start here and now and doing this simple thing, seeing every person as fully human, yeah. deserving every day to make it home yeah. to the people they love. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's beautiful. So let's start. That's Charles Blow, New York Times. And I love that. And yeah. that's the commitment that I'm going to make. Mm-hmm. And this is what these tragedies remind me to do is to... You know, I, I walk around New York, and I've got my New York scowl because you know, that's part of the fun of living here. <laughs> yeah, right. But I, I, I'm really making a conscious, mindful effort to be a little smoother and easier these days. Smile a little more. Yikes. Be a little more conscientious and mindful and, and uh, kind mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. other people on the street, on the subway. Um, be a little more patient than sure. I usually am exactly. when I'm waiting in line or Absolutely. going down the stairs yeah. in a subway <laughs> station. Um, I think a lot of people are seeing this as a chance to say, okay, I need to slow down. I need to do an inventory. I need to make sure that I'm not contributing to the problem. Right. Exactly. We don't know what the solution is to the problem, right. but we can make sure that we don't continue to contribute to the problem right. in mm-hmm. any way on um, any energetic way or physical way. Right. And one yeah. of the things you always you always talk about that I think actually translates well to what we can do, because the most important thing we can do is continue the communication, is continuing to talk. Because even though we may not have answers when we get asked, Sergey and I, for, for thoughts, one of the things we can do is, okay, well, let's engage in the discussion you know, so that we can keep communications open. I think we have a danger right now, especially uh, with what happened in Dallas and the two African-American men who were killed, is to break down communication and stop talking to each other. And that creates the us versus them. And I think we have to continue. At least We may not know what to say, but we have to at least be willing to communicate at this time in order. I think it's the, I, I believe it's, one of the most important ways that we can even have a chance at moving forward. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. To keep the conversation open and not 
perpetuate the problem. I sometimes see in social media um, that, uh, you know, I'm sure you guys see it too, that people um, during this election cycle have been pretty awful to each other. And Uh, very, I just, it's really brutal. I don't want to accuse anybody and I'm not trying to guilt anybody, but I am asking people, Mm -hmm. be aware Mm -hmm. of what you're putting into the world, especially now. Yes. Especially now. It's, yeah, it's a weird, dangerous time. Mother Teresa said there's a Hitler in all of us. And if there could be a Hitler in her, you can bet there could be a terrorist in all of us. Exactly. It's, that's so true. Just be aware of not contributing Mm -hmm. To the problem in any way, shape, or form. Exactly. Now, Damon, before I let you, I have I have one last. There's like eight thousand important questions, but I have one one more that I want to uh, throw your way, and that is: we talked about safe places earlier. Uh, safe places is a lot about. Um, really a lot about the psyche of just, you know, uh, finding places that we feel safe as a community. We know a lot of, of course, bar owners and and gay-friendly bars and and gay bars. And they, I was just talking to one of them the other day, and their question is, how can I help our community feel safe being here again instead of, you know, we're all so paranoid. But what are things we can do as a community to help foster bringing our safe places back, bringing our sense of safety back, and, uh, and being a safe community. What are ways we can, we can help? Again, I wish I had a good answer, because we're not the ones destroying the safety. Right. You and I, and the people listening, and the people going to bars and clubs across the country, across the world, the ones going to concerts and churches and street demonstrations and right. driving cars, we're not the ones who are being unsafe. Right. I do remember after 9-11 in our country, there was a really tenuous sense of safety everywhere. Yeah. And I know, I know people don't always remember that, but there really was for six months. But yeah. it seemed that after there was a period of time when we were able to have some non-huge violent tragedy strike, Mm-hmm. that people started to be able to relax again and walk to work and walk around New York and right. take airplanes. And there was a general relaxing after a period of nonviolence. I think we will see that. I know eventually we're going to see that again mm-hmm. in our clubs and our bars and our gay community. We're, we're going to get there again, mm-hmm. but it might take some time. And while we're in that time frame, again, please just don't, I ask people, just accept it. You're not going to, you're probably not going to feel safe for a while. Yeah. And it sucks, and it's a loss, Mm -hmm. and it's unfair. But Mm -hmm. we're in it together, and we will get through it together. Yeah. And in the meantime, like this idea we all keep coming back to that Charles Blow was speaking of, Mm-hmm. The only I'm going to focus on what I can do versus right. what I can't. This is the basis right. of the serenity prayer is to focus on the things I can change versus the things I can't and the wisdom to know the difference. Yeah. Exactly. If I, I don't feel safe, mm-hmm. but what I do know is that if I get killed today, I'm going to die with love right. in my heart. Yes, yeah. yeah. I'm going to die Absolutely. as loving and goofy and laughing as possible. <laughs> so I just need to make sure that every day that I am filled mm-hmm. with love and every day I mm-hmm. am giving love. Because if I walk into a club and that's it, 
yeah. that I'm going to go down, and it's going to be I'm going to die with love. And right. That's all yeah. I ask in right. this world. Right. Is that I die if when it's my time, yeah. whether it's tomorrow or 40 or 50 years from now, that I die with love in my heart. Yeah. Exactly. And that seems to be pretty much the only thing I get a say in at this particular time in history. Yeah. Well, like you said earlier in the hour, they can take away the qua- uh, quantity of life, but not quality. And I think that's so important for us to remember in this time. Um, so thank you for coming on uh, Outspoken and talking to us a little bit about that um, and sharing your thoughts. I've got to say, it must Damon. be a hard time to be a therapist. Yes, first I'm sure all. it is. <laughs> oh, but gosh. thank goodness there are therapists like you out there. Um, Thanks, guys. I appreciate that. You know, it is difficult, but it's also... This might sound strange, but there's really something gratifying to being part of the human experience. And if I get to play any kind of role, as you both are doing as well, when we get to play some kind of role in people's ability to think, to relax, to feel better, to heal, to love, Mm -hmm. that's what it's all about. Sure. That's what it's all about. And that is what makes my life full of quality. Exactly. And and I think you guys get it, and I think a lot of people that are listening mm-hmm. right now understand what we're saying. And that is the quality of life that nobody can steal from us, that nobody can diminish from us. Exactly. And that's certainly where my mind and heart has been the last month and where I'm going to be for quite a while. And I love it. And you'll keep coming on here and I just making our lives better. <laughs> I'll come anywhere sure. you want. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh, yeah you know the, I had to put one of those. You, hey, it, perfect, perfect. You're in the uh, right commu- You're in the right club here. Yeah. <laughs> well, Damon, thank you so much for spending time with us and and helping during a very difficult situation for so many. So we're keeping guys, the, the li- love and laughter alive. Here. Thank you. Thank you for doing this show. Thank you for continuing to be a resource and a beacon of light and love in this very difficult time. Oh, thank you, sir. Please go enjoy and laugh and love all the way through this Sunday. I will. Okay. Bye now. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye. That was uh, Damon L. Jacobs. And if you missed that, you can always catch us on iTunes or you can always go on our website, hotmessunday.com, to catch recorded shows. We are going to take a really quick song break here. This is going to be No Time by the Guess Who. You are back with KYRS Medical Lake Spokane 88.1 and 92.3 FM. And this is Outspoken. Outspoken receives support from the Northwest Fair Housing Alliance, a local nonprofit that provides education, counseling, and advocacy to help eliminate housing discrimination and ensure equal housing opportunity. Information available at 1 800 200 FAIR and online at nwfairhouse.org. Outspoken receives support from the Unitarian Universalist Church of Spokane, serving the community with a non-dogmatic religious environment, welcoming all people, regardless of race, sexual orientation, gender identity, or physical ability. Information online at uuspokane.org or... 509-325-6383. 509-325-6383. Outspoken receives support from Nine Bar and Bistro, featuring a full bar, food menu, and trivia on Thursday nights. Located at 232 West Sprague Avenue. More information is available at 509-747-1621. Outspoken is funded in part by the Pride Foundation. For more information, visit pridefoundation.org. That's right. Love it. We always have time for those that support us, no I matter what it. the guests who say. It's, they don't got time for us. I, it, they don't got time for us. I hope they listen to us saying it every single week. I would like I that. Do. I do. I, I don't think they do. We no. were just talking about um, while while we wait for uh, Kurt to go bring, bring the, back, guest. the guests in. 
Um, we were just talking about Pig Latin, and apparently um, there's the original form. There's two forms. And then Jonathan made up his own form I and thought not. that it was officially another form. And so <laughs> you're sharing it with I us. I love it because you haven't heard of it. It's not officially. Well, it's not a real so thing. So there's the one that most people use, and then uh. there was the little-known other form of Pig Latin, <laughs> oh, where you, yeah, would take, okay. you would take a word, and you'd spell it out, but you would add ung to consonants and just say sort of say the the vowel so if you were going to spell pig let's say you would say pung e gung pung and that gung? meant pig is an yeah. i all of a sudden an e pung e gung or an, is it pung e is I an gung? i what an i pig what why why is i all of a sudden pung e because e, that's how you say P- that's P- how you say an i in oh, pig latin pung e gung? the sequel Pung egon. That just takes forever. Like, I would never want to do anything in that language. If you were going to say I, as yeah. in the eyeball, yeah. you'd say I is I young, I, wait, you'd say E young E. That just sounds Isn't too that, complicated. They also, first of all, we were just talking, and Houston was letting us know that he, he never, never caught on to Pig Latin, and he still yeah. doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> See, I don't know. Pig Latin, and what's funny to me is Pig Latin, you catch on, and it's so easy to do. Mm-hmm. Your brain automatically just switches it. Right. But that, I could never do. Pongi oh. Gong, like, that just yeah, sounds I too... felt like maybe it was the Chinese version, because... Yeah. You know, yeah, it was a chi- so Oriental I got to pig feel like Latin. I was go. really cool. Yeah, pig Mandarin. There you yes, go. Yes, I was pig doing. Mandarin. Yep. Uh, there was another one though out there, which um, I, if I haven't heard about it, I think it's fake. You probably <laughs> did hear about it, but it was like I don't remember what it was called, but you had to do like a little. Uh, I don't. I don't even remember. I want to know. And they did at the end of the words. They did like a little blah 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 thing. I I can't even <laughs> tell you. I knew so little about it, and all my friends were craving about it, and I was like, I can't get this. Wow. I, I don't understand it. This but is what happens. It's it, all about communication. Yeah. Hey, we just had- It was called like had... Hubba Bubba or something, but it wasn't Hubba oh, Bubba. Wow. That's a gun. Oh, wait. I feel like you're talking about um, the Bill Cosby um, uh, Fat Albert thing. What? Yeah, it's a thing. Oh, I feel like it's appropriate to talk about languages because we just had on our relationship therapist, Damon L. Jacobs- that and now we're talking about communication, so okay. it's not always easy. That to was communi- a weird bridge. No, I thought gap. it tied it really. You well. tied it so well. I would have <laughs> never tied it like that. <laughs> There's communication going on in my eyes. That yeah. You <laughs> talking about communication, uh, right. looking da- Is it looking daggers at you? Is that what it is? Yeah, staring, staring daggers. daggers. That's it. what it is. You yes. don't just look. You stare. That's how daggers. that works. Okay. Yeah, uh, so. We are getting closer. We're going to have uh, on some special guests at the beginning of the second hour. And remember, stay tuned because we do have. Our uh, interview with Governor Jay Inslee, the governor, that we were excited and, yeah. and very honored to be able to have. So we're going to be playing that a little later in the hour. Uh, but before that, we should probably take a break, get our we guests should. in here, and yeah, uh, get them ready to go on the air. So this is going to be a song called "Death of a Bachelor" by Panic at the Disco. You are back with KYRS Medical Lake Spokane 88.1 and 92.3 FM, and this is Outspoken. And you know what happens when you get a bunch of actors and very uh, improvisational people <laughs> in a room with us is it gets crazy. It gets real crazy. It gets yeah. hot messy just like our show. Oh, yes, it and does. We love it. So lots of hot, lots of mess. We recently had an amazing, fun interview with Sam LaFroge. Sam LaFroge. We always mess up his name. That's uh, his name. Who... Uh, works for, I mean, he works for, he wrote the Comedia 
Rapunzel, which yeah. we talked about that was coming to Spokane. Mm-hmm. Well, we thought, wouldn't it be fun to have the people who are taking on this crazy project in studio? And that's who we have. So the first thing we're going to start with is if each of you will tell us your name into the microphone, that'd be great. Hello, I am Lulu Stafford. Hello. Hello, I am Phaedra Bernie Peters. Hello, I'm Gary Pierce. Perfect. And then the texture extraordinaire is right over here. Just here for yes, the that, that's Piper Quimby. She, she's our stage manager. Uh, awesome. Well, then that makes sense because, yeah. yeah, yeah. Typical. They're always on their devices. I, I get love it. it. I get it. Perfect. Well, first of all, let's talk. You know, Sam has written a few shows. You all, how did you discover these shows and decide what you wanted to do? When did that happen? We'll ask the director herself. Uh, well, Phaedra. it's really the board that kind of picks the shows, mm-hmm. and then um, usually you put in to direct, and um, you'll see the list. In this case, um, they had picked the show ahead of time and then <laughs> needed someone to do it, and uh, asked me about it, and I thought, sure, and I was thinking it was going to be the old traditional Rapunzel. Yeah. And then I saw this, and I'm like, oh, this is really <laughs> right up my alley. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's very, very funny, and um, oh, good. we yeah. don't, you know, you don't see a lot of Comedia dell'arte in, in town here, yeah. and... Um, it's a very new venture for children's theater because not only is it great for kids and hilarious for them, yeah. very funny for parents and just adults who come. There's a lot of great jokes in there. So yeah. um, I was thrilled to to be asked to do it because it's just been a blast. <laughs> and what's fascinating, at least when we spoke to Sam, and uh, and I really want to know how you direct that, which is it does have, it's this great partially... Um, you know, fitted together in control and partially your actors get a lot of freedom in this. How as a director do you even basically direct chaos? Basically. (laughs) That's a good question. (laughs) Especially with this crew because they are very chaotic. But I'm just as guilty, honestly, because it's so funny. Sometimes I'm the one that my stage manager has to reel me in and go, hey, we need to get back to focus because it's pretty funny. Um, But that's the joy of the show is actually being able to cut loose and do things that you couldn't do in a regular show. Sure. And we have such a great cast of, of old veterans and some really fantastic new high school kids that um, have just been a joy. And of course, Sam's been fantastic with letting us, yeah. you know, fix and tweak anything yeah, we yeah, need to, to yeah. set here. But it's, it's almost been too much of a great thing. Cause you can just, we have a hard time stopping the jokes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. We could make oh, this show three hours. Yeah. <laughs> well, I can imagine. Yesterday in tech, I mean, my goodness, we're doing tech. It means, you know, all the cues, all cue to cue. And then we're still coming up with stuff and wait, <laughs> oh, keep that. Oh, keep that. Oh my God. Stick <laughs> heaven. Yes. I love, I, I love that. That's Stick the kind of uh, show that this is going to be. Cause you know, that's gold. So Sam is over in New York and this play has been played in New York and never outside of there. And now it's here in Spokane across the country. Yeah. How, how do you discover something all the way over there, bring it here and said, we'll, we'll do it first. And That's yeah, us. the first city outside. Yeah. I know. I don't know how we got so lucky. That's um, amazing. It was actually our, our president, um, Kathy McKinney, actually, um, I don't know if she saw it online because I don't okay. think she saw it in person, although she might have, and loved it, fell in love with sure. it. And so um, she got a hold of Sam and said, hey, would you be interested? And so... Um, I know it's a joy. You don't usually get that oh, opportunity. Yeah. And, of course, you know, I'm jealous because these guys get to actually be in it. This is the kind of show <laughs> I would be in with them. 
Um, but it's a huge honor and, of course, a little pressure. But right. um, no. but Sam's yeah. made it great. It really isn't. It's um, it's such a free show, and I just I hope that that theater community and and parents like um, love mm-hmm. it because it really is funny. We crack ourselves up, so see, <laughs> hopefully, see. and it's good family fun. And and real and let's go down the line. Let's start with you, Lulu, and tell us what your your part in this crazy <laughs> is. Uh, first and foremost, I am the stage man- manager mentor. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Uh, I got cast as Rosetta, and she also plays the witch. Oh, <laughs> fun. Okay. Hence the nil. Yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Anyways, she is a hoot. Oh, Love so her. fun. Oh, my gosh. That must, be a, that must be a blast. Yes. And moving on to you, sir. Oh, um, I... I play uh, Pantalone. Uh, he is uh, the head of the troupe, and nice. uh, he he uh, gets a little frustrated because he only gets to play the narrator. So, so oh. about three-thirds through the play, he has a surprise for the rest of the <laughs> troupe. And nice. so I'm not going to say any more. And his name is Pantalone. His name is Pants. His name is Pants. So that's probably just one. Pants. Pants. I'm Pants. That's the surprise. <laughs> hey, that's just a foreshadow for whatever the surprise. He, he does wear pants. Oh, good. Go, good. Sort of. And for everybody listening, tell us, first of all, the show run and where people can go see this play. Uh, we open this weekend, so it runs uh, the 16th, 17th, 18th, and 19th. The Thursday and Friday shows are at 7. And the, uh, <laughs> thank you, my, look at my stage manager's handing me. See? That's a good stage <laughs> And Saturday manager. and Sunday matinees at 2. And then the following week, which is the 21st, 22nd, 23rd, and 24th, same times, Thursday and Friday at <laughs> Nice. 7 o'clock. Um, you can get tickets through um, online through Spokane Children's Theater, and uh-huh. they have a Vendini link that you can get there, too. Or you can dial, what's the phone number? 328-4886. Perfect. And, and I know we're going to opening night. So yeah. we're there. Yeah. yeah, we'll see you there. And I just have to oh, say brother. to everybody who's listening, this is good family fun, but they're not kidding. I trust these people and Sam who tells us that we're going to have a good time even oh, though yeah. we're yeah. children at heart. Yes. yes. Oh, yeah. I'm going to, before we go, I w- really wanted to shout out because it's only a cast of six. So oh, wow. I really wanted yeah. to say our other cast is Jonathan Barnes, Anna Preby, Isabel Carson, and Grayson Hampshire. And they are some really new people to the theater and you would never know it. They're fantastic. Oh, this is going to be so much fun. I'm so excited. First of all, for everybody listening, when we went and saw um, Sorted Lives, we told you all about it when we got back because we had such yeah. a good time at it. Well, this oh, is it the, was. basically oh, yeah. three of the cast is right here. Uh, they were there, part of that show. First of all, amazing actors. Uh, that show was brilliant. Del Shores, uh, we talked to him just before we saw it. Um, so I have to say, I'm excited to see a whole... I love seeing actors do different things. And so this will be a lot of fun. And that show was brilliant. So thank you all. We will put up all the information on our website. So be sure to go out. Take the kids if you got the kids. And if you just want a fun night out, mm-hmm. just go with... Uh, grab someone and go. Also, yeah, make sure it's your kid if you take them. Just, <laughs> yes, just please. We also, Thursday night is the best deal. It's buy one ticket, get one free. Nice. That's awesome. Nice. That's and hey, great. and we loved Sam when he was on, so let's support yeah. him as well. So everybody go out and see the show. Yeah. It's going to be a lot of fun. So let's take a quick break. Let's Houston, do it. The maestro over there. What are we going to listen to? We are going to listen to Say You Love Me by Fleetwood Mac. 
You are back with KYRS Medical Lake Spokane 88.1 and 92.3 FM, and this is Outspoken. When we were doing a little shoulder dancing. We were. Sometimes we Sometimes that's what you need to do. Because sometimes that's all you need that's to all do. You did. So I, I'm a big, uh, big advocate of shoulder dancing. Oh, me too. You can get, get very creative. You can. There's a lot of moves you can do it's with good one for shoulder. Improv. It, it works, is. I yeah. think. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so here is the big thing. So. Something happened recently. It, it did happen recently. Where the governor, the governor's people got a hold of us and said, guess what? We're going to be in Spokane. Would you want to do a one-on-one? And we're like, what, do, do you know who you dialed? Yeah. Is this so, a, did you butt dial? Right. So, of course, we said, um, yes, please. Yes, we and did. And thank you. And we thank you. A big honor. They offered us 30 mm-hmm. minutes one-on-one with the governor when they were in town. And so we said, okay, we'll we'll try it. We'll make not it work. get fired, but we'll just yeah. go anyways. Yeah. So we did. It we was went a, there. It was at the Grand, um, the Grand Hotel, one of the conference rooms there. So, of course, we, you know, we, you and I both worked our work schedules around and mm-hmm. we're like, oh, I'll take an extra lunch, extra right. 30 minutes. Can I, you know, do that whole thing? So uh, we get in there and they recognize you. The security yeah, people recognize so, you and Kurt. So Kurt and I get there and, yeah. and we're getting close to the room and we see the governor's having a meeting because the conference room is like a glass conference right. room. And the guys go, before we could say anything, we're like, hi. They're like, oh, yeah, we recognize you from your website. And we're yeah. like, oh, is that That's good? Awesome. But apparently security detail had to do a whole thing on us. Yeah. And right. to make sure that we could, we were safe. You yeah. know, which is important. Yeah. And so, but recognize this all the way, uh, right away. And then apparently did enough research to realize that the language of the boys is teasing. Yeah. And they started teasing right away. Right away. Being they knew. like, they knew. so you're in radio. What's it like to want to be a grown up journalist? You know, they were just, they were right on. And I'm like, okay, okay. Well, let's just simmer Fire down enough. a little bit. Yeah. But yeah. got it. Yeah. So it was really exciting. The, um, we were in there, we were finally allowed in the room and mm. we were in there with the press. Yes, their press photographer um, with his uh, schedule person. She's mm-hmm. a lovely lady, and and him and just the three of us. So yeah. um, it was an honor. There, uh, you know, it was after Orlando had happened. Um, the governor had had already done the safe place initiative. After that, that was Washington's response yeah. was to you know make sure that that the LGBT community in Washington felt very supported by our administration. I mean, also, it doesn't hurt that the governor is, of course, going for re-election right now. Yes, he is. So, Sergey and I had a lot of questions we to did. talk to him about, a lot involving gun control. Um, we have some pretty good laws in Washington already. Right. But we wanted to talk more about that. And... Yeah. His end aids 2020. Right. So it's kind of that's that's what you're going to hear from us. That was really where we were going. We were talking about LGBT and gun control since it's super relevant nowadays. It is. And um, we will say, yeah. keep in mind uh, the levels on these mics. We'll give you a little story after the fact. But uh, it's you'll be able to hear us and the governor. But um, forgive if the sound is not exactly. Yeah, it's it's uh, field recorders are always such a, a such a such a treat. But it was our pleasure, and so now here is the interview we had with Governor Jay Inslee. First of all, we want to thank you for joining Outspoken. Uh, we are an LGBT program here in Spokane, and uh, it means a lot to us that you would take time uh, to speak with us today. One of the first things we want to touch on is on World AIDS Day in 2014, you made a declaration that we would end AIDS in Washington and cut transmissions by 50% by the year 2020. Uh, We work heavily with the LGBT community, including Spokane AIDS Network, which I know you know about. Uh, This epidemic has ravaged us for so long. 
How do you think the End AIDS 2020 uh, initiative is going to change that for us? Well, we know we know things that can work, which is education first, cultural acceptance, pride in one's community, which you need for people to act in a healthy way. Uh, all of those things are strategies that work, and we've tried to do what we can to promote them. Um, and uh, having access to health care is important. I want to start with that because, frankly, we're proud that we've extended health care to 700,000 people, Absolutely. and providing that health care is fundamental in this effort. So I think we've got a good foundation, which is extension of health care and cutting our insured rate in half, but we've just got to redouble our efforts in a lot of ways in the educational component uh, of this uh, as well. Uh, um, and every way we can find an educational system that works, we're going to look for it. And if you, you or your listeners have an idea about that, please share them with us. Uh, because we know this is a, a, a tragedy that keeps happening. It's a preventable tragedy. You know, and there's some tragedies you can't prevent, but there's some you can. Yeah. So uh, uh, we're going to continue to keep this ball rolling. I was in Cal Anderson Park the other day, and I dearly miss Cal. He was our first openly gay legislator. I served mm -hmm. with him in the late 80s. And um, so this is personal with all of us, and we're committed to it. Yeah. So, you know, you talk about uh, education and the fact that it's a preventable disease and healthcare. Mm -hmm. And part of that, we have a tool called PrEP, pre-exposure prophylaxis. Uh, it helps uh, reduce reduce new infections in HIV. How do you plan to implement PrEP and other methods that are, you know, preventive methods to the HIV and, and AIDS battle? So we next time we talk, I'm going to have a better answer for you for yeah, that question. Absolutely. So I'm glad I've come here to provoke me getting a better answer mm -hmm. for that. Um, uh, anything that can be effective, we want to implement. So sure. next time we talk, we're going to talk about what we can do about specifically about yeah. this. Absolutely. Perfect. What made you decide that HIV uh, and the AIDS epidemic was such an important issue for you to take on during your administration? Well, I, you know, again, it's, it's personal. You know, knowing people have been affected by this, and that's the most powerful thing to anyone is knowing people. And so there's nothing special about governors. We're humans, and we understand suffering and the loss of loved ones. And so, you know, that... Touched, touched a lot of us. But the scale and scope of this, though, from sort of a, you know, if you want to be an epidemiologist or look at it from a scientific standpoint, was enormous. So either from a personal basis of your heart or an academic basis of epidemiology, this is something that demands our community to respond to as front and center uh, effort. Now, it's a civil rights issue, too, because this ravaged uh, a community that was has been uh, suffered uh, suppression and repression for centuries, not just decades, but centuries. And so it was, a, in a sense, a double tra tragedy, and particularly that just as we were starting to allow people to live as who they are and who they want to be, at the same time we were doing that, we were hit with this terrible disease. <laughs> so it was a terrible irony in that regard. And I... I'm happy, you know, I was at the Pride Parade here in Spokane here a couple weeks ago and yesterday in Seattle, and I'm glad we're coming out of those shadows. Uh, it just is one of the better things that happened in what uh, is called the blessed community. So glad to see it happening. Absolutely. So being so pro-LGBT is not a requirement 
of any politician or any person, but you choose to do that. And in, a, in Washington state where we have such a mix of diversity, uh, we have a lot of people who are very, uh, live in rural areas and aren't so supportive and are uh, more on the conservative side. What kind of backlash and what kind of responses have you seen to being so pro-LGBT in Washington state? You know, I mean, I... You know, I haven't had anybody yelling at me, but I'm sure that there are people that, you know, might vote against me on this or, or other issues. But I do think it's like a lot of things. Uh, this is a very, very rapidly changing uh, culture that we have in our state in, in, the, in the right, enlightened, positive, loving direction. And I'm very proud of our state because we've been a leader in this transformation. And it is very rapid. Um, our embrace of marriage equality took 200, 300 years, but when we got to the finish line, we crossed it very rapidly, and I have this sense that our, continu- our culture continues to be very accepting. And the reason is, is that uh, what we have found uh, moves people's hearts and minds the quickest is simply knowing people who are living their lives in a healthy way. And the more, you know, people who are now married and raising children, it's very rapidly becoming a much more acceptable thing because people know people. And this is like a lot of things when people, you know, the antidote to fear is is just familiarity. And this familiarity is very rapidly changing people's hearts in this regard. So I'm really glad our state's continuing that effort. And I have never uh, been concerned about the political aspects um, of this. Um, so I'm happy about the way our state's going. And, you know, you mentioned, I mean, we have come a long way. I remember being here way back before it all began. I was fired for being gay. My doctor told me he wouldn't help me for being gay. And now I look at how far our state has come. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, the LGBT community rejoiced uh, last June mm-hmm. when the Supreme Court yeah. uh, offered marriage equality. Mm-hmm. And then we get hit with a year of RFRAs and we get hit with... Um, the bathroom laws that are going across. And then I think it's, it was highlighted more than ever when the tragedy in Orlando at Pulse Nightclub right. happened. What do you think, as, as a politician, what do you think it's going to take to bring the country together? Because it seems now, even though we've come so far, that there is still so much division. Uh, time and, and courage and, and a little bit of love. And I think that's what's necessary here. Um, let me start with time. Um, I know it's easy to be, and rightfully, to be heartsick in Orlando and and disturbed that a leader uh, in the community in Seattle was, you know, beat up last Thursday or Friday. It, it, this is very disturbing, um, and we ought to be shocked and and um, to some degree angered by it. But we shouldn't uh, give up hope because. Uh, we have to realize time, things do take some time. Transitions take time. They don't happen overnight. Human psyches don't change. Cultures don't change overnight. But we're at the back end of that curve. That's the way I look at it. This is sort of like, um, you know, the last stand of a retreating army, if you will. And it was sort of like, I'll probably get in trouble for using a war metaphor, but it's kind of like the Battle of the Bulge, you know, when, Hitler was being pushed back, pushed back, pushed back. The end was near, but he did have one little last gasp. And I think we're in those moments of this transition of, of, of uh, accepting one another for who we are. Uh, 
It's taken a long, long time. We're getting to that. So we, now we got to just continue that effort. Um, it also takes courage, and people, I think, don't say enough that the, the reason we have had this success uh, is not because of politicians. It's because it's been of individual people who are courageous enough to come out to their parents and their uncles and their bosses and their doctors. Those were individual acts of courage by the millions that have really changed the hearts of people across America and our state. And that type of courage, we need to continue so we can keep the ball rolling uh, here. Now, but the last thing, the last piece of this, we do need to win some political battles. There are some remaining political battles. This effort, is it 15-15 to get on the ballot that would, again, uh, bring back discrimination to to the state? They're trying to get this on the ballot. I think there's some good chance we can keep it off the ballot. We should speak against it. I spoke against it yesterday. Uh, Having embraced a non-discrimination policy in the state of Washington, we should not let it back into the state of Washington. We should defeat this initiative. And, you know, there are political battles on who you send to public office as well. So, you know, voting is pretty darn important in this. Yes, it sure is. I hope that everybody's voting uh, who might be listening to this discussion, and I hope you don't just vote yourself. I hope you find your friend and your neighbor and your brother and your cousin and your son and daughter and make sure they vote Mm -hmm. because that's pivotal. We always encourage our our listeners to go out and vote and be educated voters. That's that's big for us. So with uh, Orlando happening, it's hard for our community uh, and any community to ignore what happened there. Uh, but the bigger question now is what do we do and how do we move forward? Uh, it was an, ta- an attack on the LGBT community in this instance, but it's not an isolated instance. Washington State already has background checks on gun- on gun- on guns. And how do we move forward from that? What else can we do on uh, the political side of it? Well, I, excuse me, I think there are some, some things we can do in the short term. We mm-hmm. will likely to have an initiative on the ballot that will give Washington one more uh, defense to provide for the security of our families, and that's to an extreme risk uh, order. Uh, this is Initiative 1491, I think. I hope I get the number right. It would basically create an opportunity that when we have someone who we know is an extreme risk, to themselves or others, uh, that you can petition a court, have a due process to be able to have a temporary uh, removal of, of weapons from their possession if they do present an extreme risk. And I think it's a pretty well-conceived initiative, and it ought to be able to something that, you know, when you have a loved one, let's say if you have a, you know, a son who's going through a psychotic episode and you know they're an extremist and maybe, you know, maybe not... Un- medication and maybe have had some threatening behavior and you love your son, boy, you sure want to keep him a chance to get over that 72 hours of danger. And that kind of thing is, uh, would be allowed by, by this initiative. Uh, obviously, domestic violence is a situation that demands that as, as well. So there's something on this initiative we can help pass. I know there are other things to consider. Uh, I've previously supported a you know, a, a, what I believe a common sense uh, viewpoint that you don't need a weapon of war with, you know, 30 rounds, you know, right. for self-protection under any circumstances or hunting or anything else. So that's something that perhaps we can consider in the future. Uh, one of the things you've been really good at in your administration is this working bipartisanly, working across the... It's something we don't seem to be good at in 
DC, uh, especially with the, the recent sit-in and everything, and it just didn't seem to go anywhere. But you've been known to be able to do that in our, in our state. So as you move forward seeking re-election, how could you continue, or how would you continue that, and what do you hope to accomplish with the second term? Well, we have been successful in a divided government in several really big ways in the state of Washington. Big ways. We've made big progress in education. We've had new uh, early child education. We have full-day kindergarten. We have uh, all-day uh, or, or um, smaller class sizes in K through 3. We have a new mentoring program. We have teacher compensation increases long overdue. And we're the only state in the whole country that has reduced college tuition for every single student in public schools. Mm-hmm. And this has been a major step forward in education. We've accomplished it in a divided legislature, and our state ought to feel good about that. We're not done, but we've made big progress in education. In transportation, where we've been strangled, where we haven't been able to finish the north-south highway and done a whole bunch of other projects in this county, we have finally passed uh, what is not only the largest but the greenest transportation package in state history, again in a divided government. Now, we were able to do that because... Uh, I was persistent, and I would not take no from an answer, and I continued to urge people into the room Mm -hmm. to listen to one another and fashion uh, a bipartisan solution, and we did it. So we're going to continue those type of efforts on the next phase of our educational funding plan to respond to the McClurry decision, on the next issues we need to do to deal with our natural resources issues so we have salmon in the the rivers and clean air to breathe, Mm -hmm. and we have a lot more to work to do on those things. So I look forward to bipartisan successes on better education funding, cleaner air to do with climate change, um, and, and effectuate this transportation. We do that, we're going to have good economic growth here, and I'm focused intensely on jobs and economic growth, where, by the way, uh, Business Insider just named us as the number one economy in the whole country. Oh, wow. I'm proud of that. We ought to be proud of that. So we got to keep this ball rolling. So, yes, I look forward to another four years of working on these things. Yes, absolutely. And we do too. We look forward to seeing you back in uh, in office, Governor of uh, Washington. So thank you for taking time thank today you. with us and thank you for your yeah. service. Yeah, yeah, and thank you for the continued support of our community. I think uh, that has not gone unrecognized. So thank you, sir. We'll keep working. Thank you, guys. Thank you very much. You are back with KYRS Medical Lake Spokane 88.1 and 92.3 FM, and this is Outspoken. Welcome back. That was just our interview with the governor of Washington State, Governor Jay Inslee. I should say that was prior to Hart. So <laughs> that wasn't our interview. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that, you know, that's okay. Prior. And that was a lot of fun. Let me tell you, okay, because we, we don't have this... Uh, <laughs> this curtain of what we won't tell you about mm-hmm. certain things even if it is the governor but okay so one weird thing happened when we were in there yeah it, it just it just struck us a little odd a but little i mean odd. okay that's all right that's that's just yeah. how it is yeah um it's funny because uh we get there with our little field recorder and yeah. we plug microphones in so we don't have to like move that around all the time right so everybody has um, their own mic Right, so we do that, we plug it in, and we give the governor his microphone, and we're setting ourselves up, and he kind of just puts it down in front of us, and is like, oh, well, why don't why don't we just prop it up somehow, and he yeah. just kind of did not want to so hold we, his microphone. us and his team had to all get to yeah. brainstorm together, and we ended up taking water glasses and a water pitcher, and just kind of 
putting uh, the microphone in the middle of it. Yeah, and just like letting uh, it holding it up, <laughs> which was odd. Because the governor didn't want to hold his mic. I just wanted to say that was funny. I'm just saying that uh, <laughs> if and when I'm the governor, I yes. will hold my own microphones. <laughs> that, uh, right. That'll be okay. Maybe, what if it's an actual policy they can't hold microphones? Maybe it is, and we don't know. Yeah. Right. What if that's just one of those things right. where you get Hey, we have to and, put humor know? in everything. So we really yeah. enjoyed doing the interview, but that oh, was funny was so to great. us. Yeah. That was just funny. Well, so. and it was it was nice to talk to him a little bit about, you know, how he sees the state, which is basically how the state is is basically running. Right. Um and uh, you know, it's really important time in our year because he is running for re-election mm-hmm. and while we are all focusing on the presidential race, we can't let that slip out. Uh, no. the governor uh is also a seat, I mean, is it also an, important, an important position? position, yeah. And so we can't just, you know, let the head of our own state, which is a very progressive liberal state right now. Right. Um, and that can hijacked. change very easily by it who can you change put very easily. in the position, you know. Well, and right now, especially that our, you know, our legislature is pretty divided. One, you know, one of the chambers of legislature is Republican controlled. The other one is Democrat. So already we're not... We are in a weird Which is place. Why, like I, we mentioned in the interview, he has been pretty good about reaching across the aisle and bringing people together. He's been very together. bipartisan, yeah. But it's not always easy. I mean, we've had some really close... Well, and there are certain issues that, you know, the transportation budget, a lot of the times these things, those can be bipartisan. But when it comes to, especially in the United States, when it comes to rights like LGBT rights, like mm-hmm. for you and me, that is a very strictly non-bipartisan issue. Right. They very much divide themselves on that. Yes. And so when it comes to c- civil rights and um, human rights issues, it's really important that we have somebody who can support us. Well, and he, even he said we have to be vigilant because as we're talking about the RFRAs and yes. the bathroom laws, if we stop, if we don't keep our guard, they can easily be oh, yeah. turned. And, you know, Bill Bryant is who's running against the, the governor who would like to take the seat uh, of governorship away from Jay Inslee, Bill Bryant is really a lot of a lot of his opinions are diametrically different. Uh, yeah, you very much I mean? opposed. They are not the same. He wants to go a different way yeah. with the with the running of Washington. It can oh, yeah. change a lot of things. So I oh, mean, yeah. it's we can't forget to vote in this. Oh yeah, election. it's very important, and I'm mm-hmm. you know I'm glad that it's on the same ticket and ballot as the presidential because people will want to vote for the presidential yeah. and they'll see the governors on there. Mm-hmm. All I ask is that you also do your research on there, yes, um, please, on both sides of the things, and it's yeah, it's just quite important. And I mean, in a state where we have people like Matt Shea in the legislature, mm. Um, mm. lots of bad things can. Let's still talk happen. about where he would like gun control to go. Yeah, out the door. <laughs> yeah, none. Because he, I mean, I'm sure he'd be the guy to take the safety off the gun. He would probably. He was the like guy that. that had the protest with all of his his yeah. uh, supporters with guns on the steps of Capitol Hill, which I think is ridiculous. Yeah, uh, he was there. He's the guy that we went to visit his office, and he made sure not to be there to meet with us uh, when uh, when we went to Olympia. And he has that sign that says, uh, "This office protected by the Second Amendment. Uh, violators will be shot." I'm like, I don't know if I want my representative, because he represents the district I'm in. Right. Uh, I don't know if that's right. a sign I actually want my representative yeah. to have on the door, especially in times like these oh, when yeah. gun violence is so and that's insane. So, exactly. That's so key that we as a state can do a lot, a lot, a lot of things to prevent gun violence. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have done certain things, but we can do more. And like you said, yeah, our representatives, I don't think that's a I don't think that's appropriate of them. 
uh, to no, have that on a not. public, that is a public building. It's not appropriate to show up on the steps of Capitol Hill with guns, with guns. at all. Yeah. At all. And that I is don't, not okay. And you can be pro-gun, but not be so blatantly yeah. disrespectful and ridiculously Why? unsafe. Well, exactly. And yeah. it's not, here's the thing, in Washington State, there are rural areas that are very pro-guns, mm-hmm. and it's not like we're actually taking your guns away. We have no. not gotten there. And honestly, even even I mean, with you, the laws that are being proposed, it doesn't mean no. you can't have guns. You can it's have a just gun. where the, the yeah. laws are restricting what kinds of guns mm-hmm. you need. Although, if you listen to our last week's show, you got some very open ideas, uh, <laughs> very open uh, opinions from the boys. And, yes. and you know, maybe, maybe it is a, uh, there is a time where we have abused the right to own guns so much that maybe, maybe we don't have the right to them anymore. Yeah, maybe, maybe that gets you confiscated. You don't get them any longer. I'm just saying that's an idea out there, yeah. especially with AR-15s. I mean, there's oh, no reason goodness. for us to have assault weapons. Well, and ever. unfortunately, the conversation is made more difficult because of the the horrible. Let's talk about Dallas. In yeah. that, you know what? It doesn't take away that two African American men lost their lives in horrific. Uh, ways by, at the hands of the police in yeah. both Minnesota and Louisiana. I mean, we've even seen video evidence. You can't get away from that. Uh, I'm, in my opinion, the police definitely in that situation were was in the wrong. Yeah. Um, that happened, but the retaliation of one. I want to repeat, it was one lone shooter. There was not a group of people. It wasn't. And a he huge was unaffiliated. Conspiracy. Yeah. Yeah. It, a, a very mentally unstable man who had a lot of weapons uh, went and shot five cops. That is awful as well. And that makes me extremely sad that we lost the lives of five people who weren't doing anything but watching the peaceful protest and there to keep people safe during it. And they lost their lives because of one lone shooter with an awful uh, vendetta. Mm -hmm. But here's the thing. An eye for an eye does not fix anything. No, it leaves the whole and world blind. And that is, I see, and the problem, exactly, and the problem is that has set this conversation back because now people are saying, well, if because of what's been going on, well, if right. the only people who have guns are the police, then we're all going to die. But the problem right now is there's no balance. No. And well, our country is supposed to be built on checks and balances, and there's neither, and there hasn't been on Capitol Hill either for a long time, and now... It's even worse when it comes to gun control. Absolutely, it is worse when it comes to gun control. It's we there has to be something done, and that's the bottom line. If you don't like the solution of gun control, find another solution. Make sure it works. Present it because I mean, you can't just say, "Well, no, we're going to leave it as it is because this is how we like it." Clearly not working. Yeah, that's the thing. Clearly though. not working. Clearly not working. We so see way more. That's not and, an answer. And like Damon said, in the last month, it does seem, and you know, it is. We've had so many shootings, so much mm-hmm. violence going mm-hmm. on in the last month, and it's, it's just crazy. Why do thing. we have that happening? The people that come to you and they give you the answer of no, we just see more of it. Yeah. I get that we do because information we're and that's available. true. But we the do. The problem but... with that conversation is, but it's happening. Yeah. So that is not an answer. Yeah. I get it. You're right. We probably do see. So you're probably right that it's been happening mm-hmm. m- more times than we knew about. But that doesn't mean we just go, oh, that's just the way it is. Right. No, it says, guess what? I watched it happen. Now I know what's happening. Now I yeah. got to do something. Right. Like Absolutely. now you don't sit with your hands under your legs and do nothing. 
It's you know, your responsibility to do something, and yeah. you have to. And you know, maybe you don't know what to do right away, but starting these conversations, going out, talking about it, mm-hmm. exactly, and not being an idiot. Well, and the problem becomes now the us them. Yeah. Like, if we're going to talk about the gun violence between African Americans and police officers, neither lives should be lost, and neither life is more important than the other. Right. Neither. Right. So that conversation, we're making it an us them, mm-hmm. and that's the problem. Because remember, every day you wake up anymore, there's an us in them somewhere, right. and every day it changes what role you're playing Absolutely. every day because yeah. that's how divided we've become as a society. So these, what we need to understand, and you and I had a conversation this week where I guess the, what, what we realize is obviously, like you said, clearly it's not working. Mm-hmm. So we're going to have to think outside the box. We're, we have to go away. We've never gone before. We're going, it can't be because guess what? The, the current gun laws don't work. No, uh, they the, are not the working. The current status of affairs don't work. I don't care who you are, pro-gun, anti-gun. Guess what? It's not working. We're going to have to compromise. And I'm done with the the arguments otherwise because yeah. your arguments no longer have any validity because the problem is people are dying every day on both sides. So your decision gets to be, do you want our country to continue to be a war zone mm-hmm. or do you want to figure out how to fix it? Uh, yeah. And, and, and that's, that's the it. thing that may, yeah, and that's it gets it. me very riled up. Yeah, not gonna lie. Right, we mm-hmm. should we should not have to fear going outside, or fear going to a safe place because we live here where guns are everywhere and people can shoot you. Yeah, that's just it. Yeah, and I mean, like Damon said, and like we've said time and time again, your right to existence is probably greater than your right to a gun. Exactly. You should feel... The right to life. Yeah, the right to life is pretty right. freaking important. Yeah. And you know what? And Everyone deserves your to. right to have your AR-57. Right. Just like, yeah, just like the person in the uniform deserves the right to go home to Every their kids. Every single time. Same exact, yes. you know, uh, a black man deserves the right to go to his kids. Yeah. Gay men deserve to go home to their families. Yeah. It's. I mean, everybody deserves that right. Exactly. Do not take it away. And here's the thing. So I, I had warned Houston... Uh, prior to the show that I was going to bring him into this. Um, but not for, I'd, and Houston, the only reason we bring you into this conversation is because your dad's a police officer. Yep. We have a lot of respect for your dad. We've met your da- dad on uh, numerous occasions. Um, and for us, it's not necessarily about one police officer anyways. But do you feel, at this time, do you feel when these things happen that it just, is there tension or do you, like, all of a sudden you catch your breath because you're like, oh no, people are going to want me to say something or they're going to want to know what I think because I'm a police family. <laughs> You're the first person that's kind of asked for an actual opinion. Really? I'm con- yeah. Normally people just, you know, they either know that my dad is in law enforcement or they don't. Right. And so the people that normally do, they're going to be my friends and they're right. Yeah. Going to be supportive no matter what. Right. Um I notice when the shootings happen that uh, my dad's attitude changes a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. he It's not so much that he dreads going to work, but it's scary. Sure. Oh, yeah. And, you know, the latest one, he was going back to work that night. Well, and what was happened. really wow. scary well, Dallas, about Dallas yeah. was <laughs> that it was a retaliation. Yeah, it was. And so I think yeah. every cop in the country must have been like, oh, no. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who is, are people going to retaliate in different right. 
Well, especially in police forces where, you know, it's not Minnesota and and something bad just happened. It's just, you know, Spokane, not that we're a perfect police force, but, you know, we haven't, you know, had something as big on the books for a little bit, you know? So I'm sure that it's kind of scary where it's like, well, this could happen here too. Right. I mean, of course it could happen anywhere. Right. Right. As it has, it's happened randomly around the world. Um, The other thing is it's not... I noticed that his attitude changes. It obviously affects all of us oh, yeah. in the house. Um, but some of the, it doesn't happen so much now, but uh, I don't think a lot of people realize kind of what other officers go through mm-hmm. um, in a sense that when he was on traffic, at least once every night, if he would have to give someone a ticket for speeding or something, they would say like, I'm going to hunt down your family. Oh my god. And gosh. stuff. And so he doesn't wear his wedding ring to work. Wow. Oh wow. Um, sure. Cuz you just have to be that well, yeah. Careful. Yeah. Um especially with threats like that. Mm-hmm. Oh my yeah. gosh. For a traffic. <laughs> right, just for, right. you know, going 15 over. Yeah. Right. And they're, you know, they say, "All right, well, thanks for this ticket." Right. Cuss word, cuss word, cuss word. Right. Uh Absolutely. now I'm going to hunt down your family cuz I'll make you pay. Oh my gosh. He heard that almost every night. Oh See? wow. And does Yikes. it so since you grew up and this has just been your dad's career. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um and so obviously your mom has been married to a man in the law enforcement for a while. Do, is there a sense that you of just acceptance as the family that this is just part of what you accept as you go in it is that you don't always get to know and that it's always going to be a little scary or a little stressful in situations that like this that happen around our country might make it does it still do you and your mom have that that I guess sense of the bubble you put around yourself knowing that this is it or does it like when you look at your mom does it affect her every time since my mom is German she uh <laughs> she's a little more hard-skinned and you can yeah. tell it I hardly ever tell if it affects her mm-hmm. in a negative way. Um, but you do have to, you know, when he goes to work every night, it's like, this could be right. the last time. Right. Yeah. You never Absolutely. know. And so uh, we try and keep it, you know, both of us say goodbye to him every time he goes to work. Right. Mm-hmm. And just, just in case. Cause yeah. You don't well, yeah. Know. yeah. In, in that line of work, absolutely. Mm-hmm. absolutely. Well, I heard an interview this week with a woman who lost her husband who was a police officer last year. Uh, and so they were talking to her because, you know, obviously there's five families now in Dallas that have to deal with this. And she said every night they had the same ritual. They had the, the every night there was the kids saying goodbye and they would hug and it was always the same. And she goes, and it may sound cheesy to some, but you didn't know. And obviously she goes, I'm glad we had it because it meant the last, I got to kiss him. I got to hug him. The kids got to say, I love you, daddy, because that moment didn't get to come back. So all those moments where you felt silly because you have this goodbye moment and they're just going to work. There was a reason, and in that moment, right. you know, she unfortunately had to realize what that reason was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think it's important that we state again that being pro Black Lives Matter does not make you anti uh, Blue Lives Matter. It doesn't. They are not mutually, you know. Yeah. It, they're apart. not separate. They're not no. enemies or opposite sides. Absolutely. No, that you can support that there's a problem and that. Uh, Black people are dying, and it is happening all over our country, and it has been happening for years. And I can accept that it sh- the five cops in Dallas should have never lost their lives, ever. Oh, yeah. 
It is not mutually exclusive. You can be supportive of both. And I think the most important thing at this time is that we remember that we should be supportive of both right now. Mm -hmm. Because this is a time that we, people, are drawing a line in the sand. Yeah. And choosing sides and i'm oh and it just it makes me crazy why are you choosing the side the only side is human yeah humanity humanity and lives and yeah yeah. because killing is just wrong there's a problem so we need to fix it Mm -hmm. um and that's what we need to do so did anybody watch the video that's the other thing that's happening in i don't blame you houston for not watching (laughs) it um and I honestly, I don't blame anybody who chooses not to watch it. I had to think very hard before I watched the video that happened in Minnesota. Um, but I will say that that's the other thing that's changed in our society. Not only does information go further, but now there's these different videos. Someone selling CDs outside of a store and they get shot. Someone just in their car at a traffic stop mm-hmm. and they get shot. So that is also new, is that not only... Can we get information around the world within seconds? But now we can actually see it in the moment when it happens because right. people have their phones, they have Facebook Live, it's they have Periscope, yeah. they have everything. And now you can see what happened, which is going to make this harder. The other thing that people are bringing up is it also means it's more stressful for police officers. And we all know stress can affect mm-hmm. the way you react to a situation. If you watch the video in Minnesota, the the police officer was obviously emotional shaken, emotionally shaken. He just shot this man and he keeps screaming, I told him not to go for it. I told him not to go for it. You know, that he was just in that moment of oh, panic yeah. of I need to justify what just happened. And what he's referring to is the the man had an open carry uh, license. He let the police officer know that it was there and said, I'm going for my wallet. Well, the the police officer asked him not to do that, but he says, I'm going for my wallet because he needed to get his license. Yeah. I mean, it seemed like this weird catch-22 situation. And the choice on the police officer in that situation is that he shot the man four times in a closed car with uh, the wife and a four-year-old daughter in the back. Yeah, Obviously, that needs to be looked into. But now, that video is everywhere. Oh, and yeah. Now, oh, yeah. not only do you have the information, but you have the emotion mm-hmm. that goes with it. And now, what we can hope is that we use that responsibly and we start looking for not only this situation and justice, but we start looking for how can we now be better? How can we do better? Because obviously this keeps happening. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. But if you have the stomach and want to watch it, you know, go for it. But it is, it is not easy. It is not an easy watch. Um, Yeah. None of these videos are easy to watch. Yeah. I I tend to just read about it instead of watching Mm -hmm. it. Um, but that was that was our kind of uh, not not the not the most uplift, uplifting hour, uh, but that was the last but hour important. of our show. Because yeah. remember, it's all about uncomfortable conversations. Uh huh. It's the only way we get through. So that's true. Next week we have a do-over. <laughs> we do next week the cuddlest, and it'll be a good show to have. Let's talk about how we can like like each other. Uh, the cuddlest, uh, Adam Lippin, the mm-hmm. CEO of thecuddlest.com, will be back. We had some technical difficulties last time we tried to have him on those have been solved he will be back with us on next week's show so be sure to tune into that figure out how to be part of the cuddle potty <laughs>